podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I paused there for a second. Happy Friday. Um, this is actually episode 207 of Coach Unplugged and episode, I believe, 7 of High School Hoops. I'm super excited to bring this episode to you and talk about scrimmaging. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Dr. Dish. Um, they have sponsored us um, through 2018, so we really appreciate them. Um, but more important, we appreciate the product that they offer, youth coaches, high school coaches, club coaches, whatever it is. Um, you know, I believe that that integrated system that they have, that management system, that website and the apps makes it second to none. Um, you're not going to find another system. And if you know anything about muscle memory, shooting is muscle memory. You got to get shots up. Um, you got to get them up moving and doing different things. But Dr. Dish is the answer for you. Um, because they are sponsors of us, um, you mentioned Coach Unplugged. Next time you buy one, hopefully tomorrow, hopefully today, actually, I mentioned them and you'll get $300 off your next purchase. We would appreciate that. They have financing. They have all those kind of things that can make it work for you. So go over and check them out. Also, the weeks are ticking. We're down to probably a week and a half, maybe two weeks um, until teachhoops.com prices increase. So make sure you go over and check them out. 14-day free trial. You won't see better prices than you're going to get right now. So go over and check them out. Um, and then make sure you subscribe and like. I think you're going to really like this podcast for Jake and I talking about scrimmaging and uh, high school co- high school coaching. So off we go. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. All right, episode six of High School Hoops. Um, before we get started on this week, I'm going to talk. We talked about tryouts last week and picking teams. I wanted to talk to you, and I said we were going to do it in the next episode about after you make your cuts, dealing with parents, because <laughs> that's one of the big issues we talked about on teachhoops.com is upset parents. So for, for coaches out there that are making cuts or having to do it from larger schools, um, I think a good rule of thumb is – I've expanded it to the 48-hour rule. It used to be the 24-hour rule. Um, so I tell the kids before tryouts that, um, you know, here's what's going to happen. Here's how tryouts are going to work. Here's how I'm going to talk to you about whether you make the team or don't make the team. And then after I make the cuts, there is a, in a like I said, in the old days, it was 24 hours, but now I'm old. It's 48 hours that I will not talk to you or your parents for 48 hours. After that, we can have a conversation, as many conversations as you want about picking the team in tryouts, but we're going to wait for that 48 hours. Um, and I think that's really important. I think it's important for me to process. It's important for the parents to process. I think it's important for the kid to process. Um, it has taken care of a lot of the issues. And then when I when we do have that meeting, if we do, and we've had a handful of them, I make the kid come and I make my assistant coaches come because they were there at the meeting too, just so we're making sure we're having, you know, because sometimes it's, sometimes the parents need to vent. I get that, but sometimes um, kids need closure and we just want to make sure what, what was said in the room with me and my assistants is reiterated and that the kid, what the kid's telling the parent and what the parent's hearing from the kid, we're all on the same page because um, I think that communication aspect is lost. Is that the way, well, how'd you do your trials? Well, you know, for me, it was never about, you know, 
about cuts. We never, I've never had to cut a kid in five years of coaching in a small high school. Uh, it was really about the, the aftermath, you know, right. about it would be two to three weeks into the season and the junior and seniors not playing a lot. And he, or, he decides to quit because he's not happy with his playing time. And right. the parents ain't about that. You know, it's, it was never about cutting, you know, it right. was really about the aftermath of it, you know, Everybody thinks when they when they join the team that they're going to get lots of minutes, and I think yeah. it's really important to over communicate. You we always talk about on T tubes and right. on blood. We do things is over communicating. I think you got to be honest with with players. You know, early on, right away when you start your roster, where you see them, uh, because you're going to have some guys. You know, I brought up some sophomores years past, even a freshman that are playing a lot more than a senior, and they just think that they're going to play because they're a senior. Yeah, and it's always been that way, and and. Uh, that's a huge thing, and then you start to lose numbers, and you lose those role players, and yep. and it just starts to just de-escalate for coaches in smaller yep. communities. So I think I think for a future episode, um, this will be a tease for people. I think we should because I have a whole thing about how we do roles and stuff. So I think maybe we do that mid-November, mid-December about how how we kind of affect effectively communicate roles because I do them throughout the season. So I think let's put that, let's put that in our long-term memory, even though you and I are getting older and we'll do, we'll do one on all of roles. Yeah. Right? And, okay. and the, the big thing is that high schools look completely different from where everybody is. It's not right. going to be the same for everybody. Yeah. And yes. so um, it's, it's going to look different than yep. and the politics why- and the parenting and everything is a little bit different. So, Yep. So, all right. So what's this week's, what's this week's topic? I got us off topic, but that's okay. It's all right. Um, you know, uh, you know, after coaching for several years and, uh, there's always certain ways to approach scrimmages and and takeaways as a veteran coach. And from my experience to your experience, I think it'd be really great to talk about how we look at scrimmages, what we, what we've done in the past, things that have worked, what, what we look at to see, um, that we can help help our, our teams grow after the scrimmage and the best, best things that we can do as we attempt uh, that time that we get to have with our players during that time we, they're playing. So, yeah, so I, I usually scrimmage about a week and a half after my ro- – I mean, maybe a, it's probably a week since my roster has been chosen is when I do my first scrimmage. Um, and it's interesting. I use it kind of in different phases. Um, I, I tend to use who I think my core group is going to be for that first game. I try to experiment with that group. Um, but then I also try to experiment with other kids in different situations. And it's, it's probably the math teacher in me a little bit that I'm trying to di- I'm quote unquote using different combinations. Um, so it's a probability term, but I'm using different variations of kids to see how they mesh um, in a, yeah, in might- a, in a quote unquote game like situation, it's not the same as a game. <laughs> um, the officials aren't the same as a game. Parents aren't heated as a game. For sure. Um, but you can see execution. You can see how people work with each other. Um, I think some of those things make it uh, effective. What's your thought? Uh, I said, when I, when I look at my notes here, I said, try different lineups, uh, see how yeah. certain players respond. Uh, uh, what what does playing time really look like in your rotation? Yep. Another big thing is don't try to do too much. I, I wrote down, <laughs> try to work on a simple few things, you know, get with your staff and say, all right, what are the few couple things we want to be really good at before we get to the scrimmage? Right. I think you could, you could build on that. If you try to throw too much at the kids early in the season, 
in the scrimmage and treat it like a game you're not going to. So maybe you just want to be able to run your offense and play good man-to-man defense by your right. first scrimmage. Yep. You know? um, yep. It's like you can't let the scrimmage dictate your lesson plan or your practice plan. You can't. It's like you have to say, okay – and, and this is where it's really important. And you and I have talked about that spreadsheet I kind of did, but you, yep. you got to kind of map out the year. Um, and it's hard, trust me, because you want to adjust, but it's like, what do I need in for the first game? Because what you have in for the first game or the first scrimmage is not what you're going to use in January. It's like things adjust. So I think it's really important. You know, even go to Office Max or something, Office Depot or whatever, and get a one of those big calendar things if you want, and start ripping off things and and put them in. Um, but you just got to kind of map out where you know here's where I need to get this in, and when because to be honest with you, everyone that's listening to this probably knows who they're playing and probably knows what their opponents are kind of gonna do. So it's like, oh God, this team's a press team. We better have our press break in before we play this opponent. Well, this team probably won't press us. We'll talk about it, but we don't have to work on it like we do with this team who zones us. Um, and I think coaches don't don't map that out, especially in the first three or four. But by the time you get everything in, it doesn't matter. Um, if you only do two things, then you don't have a problem. But most of us do more than just two things so that we need to become effective at them. Uh, so what is your what is your formatting look like for your scrimmage? You have played multiple teams. You play yep. one so, team. So here's how we do it. We we start. So people are listening to this. We start late in Wisconsin. We get done the third week in March normally, and we start the second week somewhere in November. So uh, I usually do my tryouts, and then I'll have my team pick by Wednesday, um, and then I'll go for a week, and then we will scrimmage the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Um, so a lot of teams will go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then have a scrimmage on Saturday. We're not ready. <laughs> um, because I've been doing tryouts. I've been trying to figure out my team. I haven't wor- been working on stuff, so we're not ready for a scrimmage that quick. So that's why we do it. And we don't have school on that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's kind of, it's a uh, day off for us because of uh, parent teacher conferences. So it's a perfect day. It is literally one of the worst practices of the year. Um, for the young coaches is usually the Friday before winter break and the Wednesday before Thanksgiving tend to be our two worst. And then you could probably throw in final exam time for us. But those three times tend to be the worst practices of the year. And I'm old and I don't want my blood pressure to rise anymore. So I know I will get them focused on a scrimmage the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I know that I will get them, you know, we do something else before winter break. Um, so it's like, you know, I, I don't expect a lot that, for, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's me getting old. Maybe I should expect more, but I just know what it's like for the last for, 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 huh? coach, for coaches out there getting adjusted to whatever state they're in or country right. and so forth. You know, it depends on what you, 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 you're thrown into. So when I first started, I didn't really have a choice. I, I got the scrimmage that I had when I got assigned. And, you know, my game was six or seven days after our, our uh, after a week of practice and after a while you get to kind of lo- learn the community and so forth so like small town rural Wisconsin you know people like to go hunting so it was a big issue about going deer hunting and this and that so as I got into the uh, program after a couple of years I was able to have more choice and when we started our scrimmages and so forth so you know you have to also be aware of uh, how the how the schedule works with your athletic director and kind of say, you know what, I, I agree. 
um, after two years, I was able to postpone my first game until after Thanksgiving, which was huge, you know, and I was able to do like a Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving to do my scrimmage or, or go somewhere else and do that. And just made, it made life so much easier uh, because it, it is really hard to do seven days and then be able to have a game. It's, it's, it's just it's almost impossible. Oh, it's impossible. So, yeah, it really is. Um, so what else? Anything else for scrimmages? What else do you have in your notes? Uh, I, 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 it depends on what you want to do. The one thing I, I've, I've have had some success with younger teams is, um, I try to simulate what a game would be like, like before a game, you know, um, there will be times, whether it's one of the games, if you're only having one game or the second game is how, how does the locker room look like and, and try to make some situations in those games, very game-like because it will eliminate some of the stress as the first game goes on in, in the game. I think there's some benefit to that. If you can take some moments within your scrimmage time to make it very game-like, you know, treat your timeouts like you normally would treat your team timeouts in a game, maybe get to, we get to the locker room talk about some of those different protocols of how you do things. I think if you can get able to teach some of those things in, in that time, I think it's really beneficial for uh, a team because that, that first game it hits, there's a lot, that's going through those young players' minds. So, you know, getting the warm-up down a little bit and, and how we stretch and if you need something, all those things, if you can be able to manage some of that stuff during your scrimmage time, I think that's really huge too. I do too. And I, and I think, um, yeah, that's why we go on the road because I want to do the whole bus thing. <laughs> I want I – want, because I can practice the home routine easier than I can practice the road routine. So that's why we go on a bus. So they figure out how the bus works, where you kind of sit, how it kind of works. Um, so – I think that's why we, I agree. You, you want to get a routine down that they kind of know um, that makes it easier for everybody. I agree. Uh, anything else, Coach, on scrimmages? Uh, you know, and I, I think it's really important to have a, a wide variety of teams that you play. You don't want to go out and play a really easy team, and you don't want to play a really hard team. But there are benefits to playing harder teams. I, I talked about this with other uh, coaches, and, and it doesn't matter what sport sports, you coach, you play better teams, you're able to see how the good teams expose you and you can see your weaknesses a lot better. Right. And you can really, really grow from that. Right. Uh, and so I think it's important to play some pretty good competition and you got to have, but you don't want to go out and get blown out by 30 points by every team. You want to find a nice balance where you can be, um, have some success, but also be like, huh, we got our bucks kicked against this team. And I, I and now I know why. But you right. can get some over. You can really get when you play really good teams. You can see your, what your your vulnerable points are going to be in the season, and, and you can and you can adjust from that. You know, and yep. then you, you know you get some close games. You see how they grind, or you drop a set play. And you see how they're able to do that. So I think a balance of who you play is huge too during your scrimmage times. Yeah, I think style of play is really important too. Like if everyone in your league is running up and down the court, don't go get a scrimmage with someone that's going to grind you. You know, you, you want to make sure that you get the right type of team in there, um, which is harder sometimes. But, you know, I think data is important and I think um, style of play is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. Um, make sure you go over and check out tshoops.com. Make sure you subscribe and like. Like I said last week or two days ago or whenever it was, um, I, li I like showing my wife the reviews, showing her that people are actually listening to these podcasts. When I sit in my office for three hours and do these, uh, she knows what I'm doing. So go over and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and then go make sure you go over and check out our sponsor, Dr. Dish. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.